Welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 28, year Thursday, June 11th, 2020. Not the best year. Well, here we are. My name's Trevor. I'm here with Matt and Evan. Uh, got a couple of things to get into sports-wise, I think. Talk about that. But first, I've noticed this throughout the week, um, and it feels I have to bring it up to our attention. And it's... You know, it's it's my duty to really point it out. I've I've never seen this many people rollerblading in my life <laughs> within a week's time. Rollerblading. Within a week's time, I've seen I, I've seen I think at least nine to ten people rollerblading around my community. Oh my god! I, I haven't seen within what? a week, and that's more that's more people I've seen in a week within than within the past like five years. So I think I everybody's trying. To, everybody's trying to up their game for Sonic. Sonic's coming to town. Yeah, true. I mean, unless there's I mean, a underground rollerblade league that we've not found out about. That's what I'm saying. I think there's something deeper in the works going on. I, I don't know if it's just like there's an underground uh, roller derby community that's uh, taking part in this. You know, people. Pe- I don't know. I, I really don't know. That's funny. Underground that, society. It's funny that you say that. But when that. you think like roller, yeah. Oh, so go I've ahead. Been, I've been sorry. I've been over there, <clears throat> um, by where you live, and I haven't seen anybody. But last summer, I saw like a record amount. I saw so many last summer, and I actually noticed the other day that I hadn't seen anybody on blades yet. So they mm-hmm. must just be out when you're out. Yeah. Well, like, they're I'm surveilling like, you, dude. They're watching. Yeah, I'm you. all I. Like, you know, for work, I'm like, all you know, I, I can be, you know, all around, um, you know, and I'll notice them just here and there. But usually it's, you know, it's I, I think it's more of a kid thing. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I last time I rollerbladed was probably when I was seven, eight, eight years old. Yeah, it's, it but I'm seeing a lot. I've seen a lot more adults, you know, you know, grown people like take part in it. And it's. It's it's funny because when I think rollerblading, I think of it as like a like a Miami Beach thing, or you know something. I mean, it's it's you know decently warm out right now. Yeah, I picture I people. I always think. Uh... God. Oh, I was gonna say. I I think when I think of rollerblading, I think of like uh, Venice Beach, that West Coast yeah, vibe, yeah, hot chicks, Santa Monica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like over here, East Coast. Yeah. Like you imagine people, people rollerblading getting... in New York City? <laughs> yeah, people honking at them. Yeah. I think people are just getting away from the bike meta. They're going, they're going rollerblading. Not me, dude. I've been appreciating my bike so much. Forgot how great like biking is. It really is nice, especially if you have like a bike path near your house. It's nice to oh, go yeah. out into the nature and just kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely fun. I love yeah. it. It's good exercise. So, Tre- so Trevor, you mentioned about sports coming back in that. Which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, I guess we could touch on the MLB first, since that's been a lot. That's been tossed around a lot in the uh, from what I'm hearing on the radio and media and everything else. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, a lot. A lot of people are saying that. Uh, well, a number of people are saying that the uh, viewership of um, baseball this year is going to be in question 
especially considering you have every other sport coming back into flux. Uh, it, it's going to, you know, it, it's going to be tough. Plus, a lot of complications within the inner works of uh, the MLB right now, like the Mets. You know, you guys have been hearing about that, the ownership of them, possibility of the Philadelphia 76ers buying them up. Crazy. The Wait. Sixers buying the Mets? Those, those, yeah. Who's the way? Well, Wait, that what, was just like the owner. Yeah, the owner. That Bold was just move. the rumor, but that was like brought up more than once from what I was hearing. So I don't know. This is a rumor. And then the, uh, I think it was. That sounds like it's equivalent that... to Messi signing with like Man United or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what the hell? We're going to have to, I'm have to do some further, further research on that. Yeah, that, and I think it was Tampa Bay Lightning that was looking at buying that team too, the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Very obscure teams to buy a Mets organization. I think it's hard yeah. for the organizations like the MLB and the NFL to come back to normalcy without spectators being there because those organizations compared to like the UFC and other sports organizations um rely more on pay-per-view events and purchases for the WWE mm-hmm. to to an extent um because they rely the MLB and them rely on the ticket ticket gate at the gate uh the food buying merch at the stores and then all the other stuff parking like all that stuff gets factored in where yeah. the UFC it's like pay-per-view and that's really it. Okay, so I want to circle so, back to this uh, Sixers Mets thing. I just yeah. did some research, <clears throat> and Joshua Harris and David Blitzer are the co-owners of the ownership group that owns the Sixers. They have and the Devils and the Devils, and also they have a share of Crystal Palace, which is a Premier League team. Oh, and. Harris is estimated by Forbes to be worth five billion dollars. So I believe it. that's the the idea that they would want to get into the MLB is is very very uh, <clears throat> reasonable. But that is mm-hmm. a really that's an interesting thing. It's technically not a conflict of interest because they're not the same. It's, it's two different leagues, but still kind of interesting considering I know. Late in 2019, the people that owned the Mets, the Wilpons, who are like a notoriously horrible uh, family that runs the Mets organization, um, they struck a deal with Steve Cohen, and he was supposed to buy like 80% of the team, and it was a lot, and it was like $2.6 billion for that 80% share. But so they just haven't been making good business decisions? You yeah, mean? the Wilpons just- suck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that fell through because the Wilpons asked that Cohen wouldn't be the true controlling owner of the team for five seasons. So although Cohen would own it, he wouldn't be the controlling owner for five seasons. So that deal that was supposed to go fell through. So I guess hmm. now these guys, Harris and Blitzer, are trying to own it. That's interesting. And they're not 
as far as what we know right now, they're not the only names in the mic in the pot. Oh, I'm of, sure. Uh, yeah. Potential Mets owners. Uh, sure. I thought I heard something about the owner of Tampa Bay Lightning being interested, and uh, A Rod too. A Rod and and, uh, <laughs> and J Lo. They want to yeah. buy the team. Yeah. I mean, does he? Have, he he's he has enough money. Well, the uh, thing you know, it wouldn't... it would really and truly be A Rod and J Lo because J Lo is worth so much money too. They'd probably have to pool their money to have enough to get the team. They're working yeah. very closely with senior bankers at J.P. Morgan and Chase uh, in their attempt to purchase the Mets. So we will see. That would be really interesting, I think. Yeah. To help us step down. Imagine being in that meeting. Yeah, I can't even imagine. God. I think I think going back to what we were originally talking about, about like just the leagues coming back and having – live sports back in our lives um they're all focused on launching in florida yeah with the nba talking of of starting the end of july we had the mls coming back the beginning of july and then the ML, mlb's in a similar state with an 89 game season and it running from july to october it said so it's going to be very extraneous time for these athletes to prepare and constantly be playing games like one to two days next to each other. So, and the NBA specifically, the, they're giving the players the choice whether they want to play or not. And they'll still get paid, just not as much if they don't want to play because some of these players have issues with COVID still and all of it being based in Florida. So they would have to be away from their families for an extended period of time just to finish the league. Yeah. So there's a lot of things, there's a lot of logistics and things needing to be discussed. So I saw today um, that the ESPN article actually that said Adam Silver said roughly 50 to 60 NBA players are still deciding on whether or not they'll go and play in um, what's it called in Disney. So yeah. If you in do Orlando. the math, if you, how many teams are there? 32, right? In the NBA, there's 30. Oh, there's 30. Okay, sorry. So there's 30 NBA teams. If you do the math, that's roughly two players from each team that are still considering whether they go. So let's say 10% of those players, right? 10% mm -hmm. of the 60 players that don't want to play. Six, you know, 10% of them are all-stars, right? That's six all-star marquee players that aren't going to play. Yeah, the list is undisclosed, though. We don't know who these players are yet. Well, and Damian like, Lillard is one of them. So are you going to lose viewership on, on Blazers fans? Like, what's the viewership going to look like for this? Because if it's watered down and, and dumb, I'm not watching it. I think it's, it's going to be high. It depends on what it's going up against because... Later on, if, if everything works out to how it's supposed to right now, September is going to be a hot spot with all these sports having playoffs. You're going to have NBA playoffs. You're going to have MLS going on. You're going to have MLB. You're going to have the NFL starting. There's going to be a lot of spread viewership. I, so, no. I hear you, but, I'm, but I truly am worried that the prorated salary bullshit in the MLB will contribute to players not playing, marquee players. 
And then, in my opinion, if not all of your your marquee, high paid, strong athletes are are participating in your league, what are we watching? It's watered down and it doesn't count for anything. If the best of the competition isn't there, or even some of the best competition isn't there, then I think there's an argument to say that uh, what, why, why even restart? Just wait for the shit to, to blow all the way over. And I know that Kevin, what's up? Okay. Oh no, I was gonna say Kevin Durant, big key player. Uh, yeah. Doesn't doesn't want to play this year. That's what I mean. Because some like, of the concerns. It's it's huge. It it could have huge implications on the actual landscape of the leagues if some of these guys don't come back. Like moving I think regardless, there's going to be an asterisk next to all these champions, so-called, for this year. I think that's rightful. I think that's rightfully so. I, I just I don't see how you couldn't say, oh, this is the year that the world stopped turning for, for five months, you know? And, that, and then it's like, what, when is the next season start? Like if it's supposed to end in October, that's when the NBA season's supposed to begin. Right, that's when it like usually do they, starts. Do they do they go into the next season, or do they give them like a month off and then shorten that season? So that's what I saw they were going to try and do. I think that's what the NBA is planning to do. But that's they're going to short annoying. the following season. Yeah, and to me that's kind of annoying. Like I'd rather them just, I kind of rather them just can it. And I know a while ago we were all begging for live sports back, but. I don't I don't want the whole I'd rather it just affect us for one season and us have nothing than it affect the next ten. You know what I mean? And what are they gonna have to do? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say you have to think on the flip side that there's people in these organizations that have their livelihoods resting on That's fair. the teams playing and whether it's the marketing department or legal not talking about the board and that because the board and those execs are fine. I'm just talking about the working people. You have the people at the ticket booths, you have the the convenience yeah. people, like the parking attendants, like all these people rely on sports uh, and that. So sure, sure. That's this my. All that's economical. all I'm saying. This is all economical as well. You're absolutely right. Um, but uh, again, like you know, it it really you're both right because it's you want to preserve. The next coming year, seasons, yeah. But also have in mind the um, current, you know, the employees, uh, the staff, everyone that's involved with the organization, or just the facility itself. Everyone at ESPN, everyone, you know, it's it's all like a big revolving. It's all it's all a big world. It's kind of yeah. difficult to make a decision on that, I guess. Yeah, there's no, I think the, there's no solution. No, you that's gonna, there's no solution that's gonna fix everything. And obviously, people right. are gonna be upset regardless of what happens. There's always gonna be somebody complaining, and I'm kind of just playing devil's advocate here, but it, it's it's frustrating because we're gonna we're truly gonna get something. We're gonna get like seventy percent of what we're used to intensity wise. I think so. I personally feel like keep, keep just keep it. I'll wait for the NFL and you can give me my 100%, you know, unadulterated version of sports again. I'll wait for that, but <clears throat> I totally understand that there's an economic side to this and and we they these organizations and the people inside of the organizations can't afford to miss out on any more profit because truly it's it's their livelihood and it's the livelihood of all of their employees. So I get that. I get that point of view too. I, I kind of 
am situated in the middle, I guess. I think the one so, industry, uh, one last point, I think the one industry that hasn't hurt, but it's helped is the media. I think the media, like all those people would be fine. Like yeah. they're, they're just writing, they're writing shit, whether it's right or wrong every day. And the COVID yeah. helps even more. Yeah, I know. Yeah, ESPN, SportsCenter, they're all, you know, they're, they're pretty set right now. All like broadcasters and uh, I guess analysts can be tied into there too because uh, they're all part of that um, crew. But yeah, it's really the, uh, it's really the organizations um, and the, you know, and the chain command that goes down to the employees of, uh, you know, the people that work at those arenas. But uh, looking at the NFL coming in, to uh, this fall um, set schedule, uh, there probably a lot of people, a lot of the, uh, uh, a, lot, a lot of broadcasters or broadcasters, people on the radio are saying, uh, saying that uh, most likely people won't be at these games. Um, not a lot of spectate, not expecting any spectators for these football games. So, I don't think that's going to stop people from tailgating, though. I'll just say that. That's going to be tough that. to do. That's going to, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Like it's tailgating from a distance. Yeah. Like that's tough to do. You can't, you can't really police that or, or you know, regulate that at any uh, extent, but it's uh, maybe they will let them th- later through the season slowly. Um, Cause remember how before the NBA shut down, you, they only allowed a certain number of people to game. Uh, maybe they'll slowly do the reverse um, process of that, as lo- slowly letting more people into the game until it kind of reaches back, reaches back to normalcy. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't think any, like in my personal opinion, I don't think these people know what they're talking about. Not the NBA, but like the the World Health Organization has come out backtracking on um asymptomatic people spreading COVID. Like there's yeah. reports saying like that's not it's very unlikely that these people can spread the disease. Um especially right. I wanna see the I'm very interested in seeing the numbers for the past two weeks with the protests and those yeah. large amounts of people in the streets in all these ginormous cities. I'd love to see the numbers in those. There are spikes in other states like Arizona, there's like a ten percent spike in positive cases, but I'd love to see for Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Minnesota. I'd love to see those numbers because the leagues are grabbed by the balls with by the states and those policies. There's nothing they can do without being approved by the state. Yeah, they don't have a choice, but people, as a people, we ha- we have a choice. So yeah, I'm, that it will be interesting. I think to see to see the numbers come back. I'm I'm interested. You know, because it seems... I think a lot of people... Go ahead. Uh, shoot. A lot of people, um, especially since they opened the beaches up, you know, throughout areas, uh, they came back with numbers in a lot of counties uh, were decreased, um, showed minimum to even no cases. Yeah. So that was uh, definitely a positive thing to hear. Well, we have we have downward downward case growth here. It's all mm-hmm. just going low. And I'll tell you right now, I've been on the beach. 
I mean, more, more than I care to admit the past week because I'm not doing anything. And I don't see anybody with fucking masks on, man. No. And everybody's down there playing fucking spike ball and dicking around with frisbees and shit. And I don't know. I, I, I'm i interested to see if the, the rates stay going down because if they do, then uh, what the fuck did we do all this for? Yeah. Yep. It's you know? a lot of people are just questioning right now. The first, uh, you know, the, the first decision to of the shutdown. I mean, it was it was bad up here in the Northeast. You know, it was. Yeah, it was I, I think bad. New York, New York, and uh, North Jersey got hit pretty bad. Um, they were, you know, running out of hospital beds and everything else. You know, yeah. it was, and. It got painted a bad picture on the media. You know, a lot of people were scared, obviously, um, which called for a lot of businesses to shut down, and you know, everything kind of took a big spiral. But uh, yeah, if, if if it weeks go, you know, a couple weeks go by and numbers are still down flat, I, you got to make the decisions to open, like really kick things back to normalcy sooner you know what i mean yeah i hear it we're we're at a point in history where the trust in the media and congress are at an all-time low so it's going to come to a point where if they decide they're gonna let's say make it more stricter and they they want to stay home lockdown how many people are going to actually do it And at the same time, if we're talking about police brutality and just some some form of police reform, whether it's actual policy or dismantling those police departments, if I'm outside and the government and politicians are saying I shouldn't be, what are they going to do? Are they going to do are they going to come out and put me back inside or are they going to call the police? people the police officers that apparently are violent killers are they gonna run back to them to enforce it like what are they gonna do oh if if things go if things go the way that radical leftists want then there will be no police forces it'll be community outreach groups that don't carry guns so they're gonna i'm just pointing at i'm just pointing it as a hypothetical no i no i i know but what I'm saying is in this hypothetical situation, then those community outreach people that carry fucking who the hell hell knows what fucking rain sticks. So you guys can sing Kumbaya. um, Then those people will come ask you to politely step inside. And who knows what happens if you tell them to go fuck themselves, (laughs) you know, it's crazy, man. We're living in a fucking crazy ass world. It's not. Well, it's not quite Orwell's 1984. It's a different type of dystopian nightmare. I'm just a big supporter in individual choice. I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. I I can't. That's all. I can't necessarily identify identify myself as somebody on the right or somebody on the left. I just believe in like personal liberty. You know what I mean? And I think that if you want to go outside. And expose yourself to a potential disease, then that's entirely that's that's up to you, bro. Go ahead. I'm not gonna tell you you can't. You know, it all it all depends on your personal circumstances. Whether you're uh, you have a family or you're taking care of somebody that 100. 
taking care of somebody with that with an illness or some sort of disability yeah it all it all comes down to personal cases so take it as it is yeah do what you can i guess you know what 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 the fuck else we're so deep into this shit now that it's 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 really hard to keep yourself uh to to be as strict on yourself as we all were at the beginning of this and as more information comes out i think we're all kind of like did this shit get overblown you know like severely overblown cuz in a place like yeah. like we're at it was it was way overblown lot, we, lot we have of people lowest, yeah it, we have very low numbers very low yeah you know it's it's definitely you know con- high high congested areas Obviously, you're expected to have uh, hot spots. Yeah. There's spikes, um, but in uh, suburban counties, a lot of uh, you know, non-congested outside of major cities yeah. where a lot of people live. Though, and those are the people, I guess, that even you know had very uh, I don't use the word paranoid, but very high worried people that were even more concerned even though they aren't in a congested area that's a thing yeah they're as nervous as ever because when they you know listen to the media and it's just some of it can be blown a bit out of proportion and it's you know it's just wild but it's not even that it's just the fact of uh what they're you know what the state and rules and the small businesses have to go by as far as uh, the rules set by their uh, governor. And that can lead to businesses shutting down, which they have over these past months, unfortunately. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's devastating for them. Because these are families that have, you know, built their businesses up from how, God knows how long, you know, like for a long time. And when you don't have that, flow of income for uh you know number of days and weeks you know months obviously uh yeah. it sucks and you really just don't have any other choice i think so, i know who our next guest should be i'm gonna i'm gonna hit up governor murphy oh yeah <laughs> phil d murphy get him on your first short like half hour show that'd be tough call, get me, him in, call me phil get him in the chat fire some questions at him yeah I'm gonna hit, hit them up, hit them up on Twitter since their Twitter is uh, somewhat funny. That's fucking meme account. Imagine your state's Twitter being a fucking meme account. It's Jeez. unreal. Okay. That's one thing I've thought was hilarious over the past couple of years is these corporations and government accounts have turned into like some sort of like sarcasm. Like they're not just like uh, give you the information and go. It's like they have some sort of something funny in it too. Yeah. That's right. good though. We should we should reach out to Comrade Phil actually and see if he'll see if he'll join our our fucking podcast. Help a local he local, might. local boys. Yeah. Help help your boys out. He's from like yeah. fucking where is he from? He's from somewhere fucking dumb. He's not even from New Jersey. Let me look. No. I was gonna say, is he even from from uh, New Jersey? Or do you have to be from your state no. to become a governor there? I'd assume you have to have permanent address there. Yeah, some sort of residence. Oh, he's from fucking Needham, yeah. Massachusetts, which I'm sure is like the richest, whitest place in the world. It's Good a Lord. suburb of Boston. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so you know that that's that's perfect. That's the average income is one hundred and forty one thousand six hundred ninety dollars. Not bad, not mm. bad at all. Interesting. Hmm. Well, fuck you, Phil. Hope you come on our show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hope you come well, on our that's show. Gonna help. That's gonna help. So you're gonna, we're gonna clip that and send it to him. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> That's good. I'll go I mean, he'll have to come on after that. He's got to redeem himself. He should come on here and fry me, dude. Come roast me, Phil. Come on. Oh, man. You ever watched him fucking talk, dude? He, like, he just smiles through his teeth when he talks. It's so fucking creepy, man. Yeah. That's, it's so that's creepy. Big... It's so sinister. There's like, yeah, yeah bastard's hiding like, something. He's like Senator Palpatine. For yeah, Wars, he man. literally is, dude. He actually he is. is the emperor. Yeah, he's like, I would be careful, man. He might have the plans for the Death Star here in the near future. You never know. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, not, we're not helping our case. Take take me we out, thought, Phil, dude. We all thought Senator Palpatine was a great guy until, you know. Yeah. Order 66. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe this is Phil's Order 66. I might actually, we might actually have to, like, this might be the first named episode. Phil Murphy is oh. Emperor Palpatine. Yes. Yeah, I think this that's is the cool. first named episode. I think that's going to get some spiked viewership. I think so, too. we got to put some timestamps. <laughs> True. Oh, I'll have to rewatch it. <laughs> oh, I'll man. Uh, yeah, let's hop off this shit. Um, there was another thing for back going back into sports. Um, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua in the boxing scene have scheduled and Dude. agreed to a two-fight deal, which mm-hmm. is really awesome. Following the Wilder Fury stuff, yeah, I'm excited. That, there's no scheduled time or date, um, yet or location, I should say. So I'm sure it's not going to happen until 2021, the first fight. Yeah, but I, I think that's going to be awesome to watch. I do too. I'm really excited for that. I'm super hype. I think yeah. it'll be really awesome to watch. Tyson Fury is like a staple name, and Anthony Joshua, you could say, is also a staple name, or still like an up and coming like. I would say he's like one of the first social media driven guys in the boxing scene. Like he's meaning he's got a huge following. Well, he was the champ. I'm not saying Fury he was the champ for a while. Yeah, I'm not saying that uh, Fury isn't. I'm just saying like he's more the younger side. Yeah, he won his he won his belt back from the the Hispanic dude he fought because they fought twice and he lost the first one. The guy was like overweight and like short. And he lost, and then he came back and beat his ass. Joshua oh, did. Um, fuck. What's mm. his name, dude? Uh, come on, I, I don't know, know his. I don't name. know on top of my name. On I, top of my head, I'm... I do. Oh, it's Andy Ruiz. That's his name, Andy Ruiz Jr. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Andy guy, Ruiz fucking hits. beat the shit out of him the first fight. Yeah, you just um underestimated him, and Ruiz put him in his place. Yeah. Um. But Joshua beat Klitschko, I think. Um, he's 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 a good boxer. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think, really, really interesting. You know who else is like a really, really good boxer that's really young? Hmm. Ryan Garcia. He's. Have you heard of him? Yeah, Ooh. I know who he is. I do. I know noticed him. him when he he went on like a pre-show. Um, interview thing at the KSI Logan Paul like second fight. He's really flashy. Like he, was... he hasn't won anything crazy yet. 
like I've seen his tapes, like in fighting and like his training videos. It's he's insane. Fast. He's fast. He's also shit. got a huge social media following. That's he's only twenty one. Yeah, that's because he's like Damn. he truly is. So he's such a flashy like attract like his boxing is attractive the way that he trains mm-hmm. um but right now i think he's like the fifth best like active lightweight in the wbc we'll see he's, he's he super fights, young he fights at the super featherweight division which yes. is 126 to 130 the yeah, really light tiny. guys he's 510 so like no, you i don't mean, really like, see it that he's not he's not uh beefy like some He's very lean guys. cut, lean yeah. cut, like no muscle fat or no no body fat, none at all. That's tr- that is crazy that you can get down to a weight like that is very impressive, extraordinarily impressive. I think, impressive. I think one time. of the th- one of the things that people underestimate in fighting, like the whole fighting, whether it's boxing, MMA, or whatever you do, is like cutting weight. Uh, people have no idea how grueling that shit is. You could gain, you could lose like so much water weight, like just like that, or you could put it back on. Yep, I know. I'd, within I'd, a I'd day or it. two, I've done it. I've done it a couple of times. You don't know how painful that shit is until you don't let you let your body have a hundred calories in a day, mm-hmm. and it's it's. If you're eating a normal diet, like I know it from bulking and cutting, so if you're eating a normal diet. Let's say you're eating your 2K a day, right? And the next day, you go and you eat three, 200, 300 calories. Sorry, my dog just walked in. Yo, what's good, Sender? And just, and just drink some water. Your body, over the next couple of days, will adjust. But the stuff that happens to you, like your mouth, you get ulcers in your mouth because you're not getting the nutrients that you need. You can supplement yeah. with vitamins and shit like that. But, dude... <laughs> When I when I was heavily cutting, I my mouth was covered in ulcers, dude. It was Uh-oh. so bad. It's so painful. And and my bartender where I used to work was was a boxer. Like a he was on the the Olympic training team back in his heyday. And he's like he was listening to the way I was talking at work one day. He's like, "If ulcers, are you cutting?" I was like, "Yeah." How, what do you tell? How do you know about that? He said, from, from boxing, I my mouth used to get covered in ulcers. I used to not even be able to fucking talk. So Jesus. It's a crazy thing. That's a really, it's wild. It's hard to do. And to train on top of it while you're doing it, those guys deserve a fuck ton of props, dude. Because training to box is re- hard within itself. Like, I box two or three times a week, and every time it kicks the shit out of me. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a good skill to know. Like, not as, like, a very, like, strenuous thing. Like, you go at it every day. I'm just saying, like, as a hobby. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, a great hobby. It, it's yeah. great. Pick it, up as a, pick it up as a hobby. Little skill you have. Just so, like, worst case scenario, you get into a situation, like, you have some sort of defense. Yeah. And I'm, I've, I find that it helps me focus on... I, I run, too. So, I find that it helps me focus on my breathing... Like you have to breathe correctly. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. it helps. Bit, it helps a ton when I'm doing, you know, when I'm doing my two or three miles in the morning every day. I found that my breathing since I've started to box has been so much better. So. Yeah, you you get you get a lot of breathing control, and mm-hmm. then you can time you can time it with your strikes. Yep. 
it's it's really a it's an interesting thing. One of my buddies started to box a while ago, um, and he was like, "Dude, you should try this. You'll you'll probably like it." And I did the first time I did it. I was like, "Fuck, man, this is sick," and it feels good. It really does feel good to hit something like, you know. Yeah, it's a good stress reliever. For sure. Sorry, I'm down to spar. I went off on a tangent. No, come over sometime. I have a fucking bag. I'll teach you what I know. We'll spar. (laughs) You need to learn a little bit first before we do that. I'm not even ready to. I don't. I don't think I'm ready to spar. What do you weigh right now? Me. Yeah. One seventy-eight. Okay, so I need I need to put on some weight. <laughs> yeah, or I can I, I, I can cut down. I'll just get some ulcers. That's one thing from like what, but I feel like you cutting to one seventy and me naturally being at that is that isn't that like there's a very big difference. What do you mean? From like watching UFC, you got Nate Diaz and McGregor. McGregor had to put on like twenty pounds to be at his weight, and yeah. like the first time they fought, he he didn't have the knockout power to drop Nate, and Nate just eventually wore him out. Yeah, so if your natural body weight, if somebody's fighting at their natural body weight against somebody that has had to adjust to their body weight, the person that's yeah, fighting right. at their natural weight in their natural weight class is going to have an advantage because that's that's their resting body weight. That's how they've trained for years okay. and years. So, yeah. so if you put... My weight fluctuates a lot. So if I was... What do you weigh right now? Like 170. Low over, low under sometimes. All right, so, so I trained for almost a year at 170, like like regular weight weight training. I've never boxed at 170, so I don't know. I don't know if I'd have the punching power or not because 10 pounds is, is quite a bit. Yeah. So that's, that's you, interesting. You people underestimate 10 pounds. Like you, if you pick oh up a 10-pound dumbbell, you're like, wow, that's a big difference. Oh, yeah. Imagine like adding that to your gut. Like that yeah. when when I gain weight, that's where it goes to my gut, my gut, yeah, and my legs. Yeah. That's the only place. And every, you know, mm-hmm. like a tiny, like a four percent portion will go to your actual muscle that you're trying to build. Quarantine has just yeah. been like cut, cut bulk, cut I'll bulk, cut bulk. If I'm uh, I guess if I have muscle, if I have some uh, muscle mass on, and I don't live for a minute, but I like still continue to eat, and I'll eat like a ton like a ton like double yeah. my portions on everything i'll lose weight because of that loss of muscle and like i'll notice i'll be like like three four pounds like the next coming week or something yeah. like that so it's, but, uh, it all comes down to the way your body's going to utilize those calories because yeah it, it truly is a machine if it recognizes that you're not doing your strenuous activity then yeah. it'll just pack it on but it packs it on in weird places it doesn't pack it onto your muscles because those aren't the things that need recovery. Right. <sighs> it's interesting. Fitness corner. How we doing? How we doing on time? We're at 40 minutes. We've kind of just been rambling this episode, but it's been good. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Like it. We can call it if you guys want. That's uh, really all I had. Sports wise. Yeah, I don't really have much else to talk about. Uh, I wanted to. Uh, quick belated birthdays because last week it was their birthdays joe and uh toaf yeah it was their birthdays last weekend Word. and then i got oh, my nice. birthday coming up on monday yep and then i'm seven after that evan's birthday's at the end of the month there's a lot of summer babies yeah 
It was my brother's birthday this past week, too. Oh, yeah, and it was um, yesterday. It was our f- Trevor and my friend's from birthday from college, Kelsey. Oh, good. Happy birthday, everybody. Oh, from nice. Post 20 fam to yours, to you and yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I did have a story I wanted to tell quick before we, before we end out. Yeah, go for it. All right, so uh, this past weekend, I went up to uh, my girlfriend's house. This was the first time I've been up to her house since quarantine started. Um, and I went to to her, one of her friends, the dad is from Denmark. Um, shout out Mr. J. And he has a 14,000 uh, unit collection of vinyls. So <laughs> we went to his basement <laughs> and he's like, I have so much shit, just pick some shit out, bring it to me. I'll tell you if you can have it and then leave. So I got like a hundred vintage vinyls at this guy's, at this guy's house. Oh yes. Oh dude, for free. It was amazing. There was, there was records in there that I can't even believe that he had. Like I, I managed to to get my brother two original, original pressings uh i got him the stranger by billy joel he loves billy joel and piano man i got them both and they're in perfect condition wow i'm sure those are worth a lot or like something um yeah i don't i don't know what they're worth i didn't even i didn't even worry about googling yeah i I figured you don't plan on selling it you you love it for your personal pleasure yeah but i got so much cool stuff like i got i got an original pressing of uh van halen's single like when they released jump as a single I have, I have, I got one of those. Um, and then wow. so much other, like old Clapton. He's like, Clapton is shit. I was like, no, he's not fucking shit. He's the best. I was like, just give it to me. I'll take it. So let me have that. <laughs> um, just so much obscure, like weird, weird shit. I got a couple of Genesis albums. Sounds like you were in your, a Goodwill store and you had the whole place to yourself. Yeah, man. And it was just vinyls. I was so, like, there was other memorabilia too, but I, I didn't even worry about that. I was there's no ba- there's no windows down there. So I went with my girlfriend and she disappeared for an hour. She came back down, she's like, Are you almost done? And I was like, No, I'm not almost done. I need more time. I was down there for like two hours. It was like I was in a Vegas Damn. casino. Yeah. He Damn. did he took a couple of the things that I wanted. I guess his wife like loves A C D C. So yeah. all the A C D C stuff that I had picked out, he's like, No, you can't have that. But yeah, it, was, like, it oh, was cool. It was really awesome. All the, all the well-known stuff. Yeah. yeah. The treasured band. Yeah, I'll, I'll take, a, take a couple pictures of like, uh, I'll put them on the Post 20 Twitter of, of stuff yeah. that I grabbed. It was super cool, man. If, if any so of you in, guys... In gems. Yeah, if any of you guys like uh, vinyls, I may be a connect for you. Just uh, holler at your boy. Sweet. Yeah. Should make a, should make like a playlist for the show. I should make a playlist for the show. I can actually work on that. I can do that. Just put together some. Everybody can drop a couple of their songs in there. You can yeah. we can make some sort of mix. I'll put. I'll uh, add you guys. You guys have Spotify? Is that what you use? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, for sure. I'll add you. I use uh, collaborators then. That was it. Though. That's mm-hmm. that's all I wanted to mention. Sweet. All right. Anything else, guys? Uh, I, I, I like a rant. I, it was like a short note. Uh, it was like, uh, I had a random thought. It was like, we're post 20. And when we originally thought of the idea for it, we were thinking being after the year 20, like 20 years old, like yeah. that sort of like post college life. And I thought of it, of it and we could come out of this 
as post 20 being like post 2020 COVID and everything. Like there could be multiple uh, meanings, multiple true. meanings to the multiple meanings to the show. That's big. That's big. That's very true. Make us so, I don't like know. geniuses. I don't know because because I've seen different shows start during the pandemic and lockdown and it's solely being based on the virus and that yeah. so i don't know what they're gonna do after it whether it's rebrand or they just stop yeah who knows but we could take that with it and run and you can like we can reband with that too i don't know little idea like, like i said before i think uh they're probably gonna make a movie about this just no, not a doubt in my mind i mean a number uh, of documentaries yeah. but who, who they're gonna use for uh I mean, a lot of people would say Tom Hanks, but I'm expecting someone completely. Keanu Reeves, that would be a hell of a movie to watch. Keanu Reeves and COVID-19. He'd be like, obviously wouldn't play himself. He'd play like, you know, maybe the guy. Well, the guy who like kind of first discovered, I guess, uh, COVID-19 over in um, Washington. uh, Yeah, over in China. Well, no, not even. Like oh, you're talking about, like, um, uh, you're talking about like the yeah, the very beginning. The guy okay. in China, yeah. yeah, and he and he died, I think, too. Unfortunately, I think yes. he was um, he contracted it, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what role he would play, but that that'd be a movie I want to see. Yeah, it's it's delved into the music scene. There's a lot of artists drop, whether it's rapper. Other genres, they're mentioning it. I know Lil Pump had his bar. He said his neck got he his neck got Ebola. Wrist got Corona. Oh my god! And that's oh, that's Lil Pump. So Lil Pump. I think we can we can end it there. All right, guys. Um, make sure you follow on all of our socials at Post Twenty. Uh, leave a rating review on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, and uh, stay safe in this weird ass time of corona and racial tension and <laughs> police violence um sports coming back sports coming so back so uh just look to the future keep your head up and uh we'll make it through yeah. we'll see you guys next week see you guys